Welcome back to the Sensitive Shift podcast. This is part two of our conversation on sensitivity, language, and communication. If you haven't listened to part one, we highly recommend you go back and check it out first. I know we spoke a little bit about my experience in the clinical space. Um, can you tell us how is sensitivity relevant in your communication, in your personal or and professional life? The first thing that I want to share is some concrete tips and strategies that I think will be relevant for everyone tuning in. I hope it will be. And this comes, these tips are not invented by me. It actually comes from, I was reading an article recently on LinkedIn by someone named Jenny Landgren. She's a behavioral science expert. And she broke down, the article was talking about how to communicate effectively in communication skills when working with HSPs. Mm. And as I was reading through these, I was like, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> You're like, I know. <laughs> One after the other. I was like, oh, she knows. <laughs> so I thought, oh my gosh, I need to remember what these are <laughs> to be able to share them. So I'll share three, the top three that stood out to me. The first one is allowing silence in the conversation, yeah. allowing time for the person to process. And now we know that that's decoding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I know a lot of the time people can feel the need to fill the space, especially when we're clinicians and we're supposed to be experts and supposed to be guiding. Silence can be scary sometimes in those situations. I remember following a training for counseling and motivational interviewing where silence was emphasized and used as a tool for effective communication. Mm -hmm. And in this training, we broke out into small groups and we had a case scenario to role play. And in that case scenario, the person doing the interviewing or counseling, we were literally instructed to sit on our hands <laughs> and we were only allowed to speak when we took our hands like literally underneath from out from underneath us and it was a physical reminder of really pausing and making sure that you need to speak or want to speak in that moment can you sit a few more seconds and leave the silence where it is to allow the person both to process what you've said or the question you've asked and also to think about we just spoke about language right so to think about what words do they want to put together they're going to reflect how they're feeling or what they're thinking. I think um, when you're speaking about silence, silence is a very powerful tool. And you're also speaking on the side of the therapist. Sometimes the therapist or the person who is leading the space can feel this pressure to fill silence. And that also has a lot to do with the interpretation that we have of what does this silence mean? But if we mm. change our interpretation, 
then the experience of silence can become completely different. So instead right. of thinking, this is an awkward silence, I don't know what I'm <laughs> doing right now. If we change that interpretation, that energy, then the silence can be seen as a purposeful space for processing. And just just like you were saying, Anna, just space for the HSP or the client or the other person in the room. Just time. We got time. Mm -hmm. Just take your time to think about what you want to say, how you want to say it. A lot of the complex conversation we hold in our clinical spaces need a lot of that time. Mm -hmm. I love what you just said about reframing how we think about silence. And I think I think about silence now as giving the gift of space. So practical tip one was allowing silence in the conversation. Practical tip two is avoid interrupting or filling in words for others. Oof, I feel this one. <laughs> Me too. Just like we reframed silence, I'm thinking of reframing filling in the words from being a helpful strategy to thinking about the person using the time for them to to choose their words carefully. And this is a good place also to allow for the f the first few words to be uttered by the other person and then your chance to then deepen or clarify after, which is a good strategy to go from filling to clarifying. There are ways to check in right. that might feel more validating than filling. Yeah, um, I think that fits very well with what we're, <laughs> what we're seeing here. So tip one of allowing silence, tip two, avoiding interrupting or filling people's words for them. And the third and final practical tip is to be mindful of our tone and facial expressions and even body language because we know that HSPs read the social cues, interpret emotions very easily, and they really can sense when conversations are genuine. Mm -hmm. If in a conversation or consultation I'm saying, I'm worried about you, but I'm not looking at the person, or I'm looking at my phone, it doesn't have the same weight. So I think the mm -hmm. the guidance of really being authentic and congruent in our communication mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. going to go such a long way. Yeah, there's a disconnect when your action doesn't match with the words, right? That happens so much in communication and it really makes me think about how everyone really has the ability to pick up on on nuances and tone and volume and pitch and body language. Everyone can do that. Everyone can feel that if a vibe isn't right in the room or if your therapist is not looking at you or looking at the watch or, or the clock, I should say, behind you, 
when they're asking you, how are you feeling? Anyone could notice that. What I'm hearing from what you're saying, I got, is that everyone stands to benefit as we're working on communication strategies. So yes. it's not that we're specifically trying to work on communication strategies that are only for the HSPs in our life or in our workplace. They will benefit right. those people. They'll also benefit everyone. Exactly. It would also be interesting to explore the reverse. As HSPs, how can we ensure that we're communicating effectively in professional situations as well as personal? As HSPs, I would say this ability to pick up on subtleties really helps with being able to create, identify, and carry out effective communication strategies. We're also very sensitive to the receiving part of communication. On the reverse, I do want to speak a little bit about how as highly sensitive people, in our case, we work as healthcare professionals, how can we work on showing up in spaces, knowing that we may feel overwhelmed, pick up on a lot of subtleties, using our self-awareness to foster effective communication. So I, will, I would say that this happens in many steps. It's really important to be introspective, to understand who we are, how we work, how our emotions show up for us. So being attuned, and that takes a lot of time and work and desire to be vulnerable with ourselves. So it's a lot of sitting with difficult feelings, with positive feelings, understanding our range of emotion and what triggers certain emotion versus others, what soothes certain emotions versus others. It's really a very good knowledge of self is a very important, essential first step. I'm talking about this because we may work in environments where we get very overstimulated. We hear things, we see things, we're highly aware of how we communicate with others, how our body language, how our words may impact other people. So no, good knowledge of self is important. How we show up in this space is important. When we feel like our communication style is going to be impacted by what we're going through at the moment or by the fact that we feel overstimulated, it is important to give ourselves permission. What does that mean? And that's, that's very hard for highly sensitive people sometimes. Giving ourselves permission can look like different things. It can mean that we accept that we will maybe not show up as 100% of ourselves today. Maybe we have less capacity, so we may show up as 70% of, our, of ourselves today. It might give ourselves permission to take a lot more breaks today so that we can manage what we're going through or how we're feeling or our overstimulation. It may also simply mean that today is just not the day. I, if I know I can't show up, if I can't be present, 
if I know I'm going to be distracted, if I know that maybe I will do something like say something, but then I will look at the clock behind or I will be preoccupied because my mind is going in a million different direction. And so I won't be able to focus on what's happening in this space. Maybe my decision today is I will communicate about the fact that this is not, it's not a safer space right now for me to be. So if I can't help myself, I can't help other people. I will step back for today. And then communication and transparency. So important. Being able to let people know where you're at. You can't have the other two if you don't have that one. It's a, it's They all go hand in hand, I would say. You don't need to tell everybody what's going on for you at all times, but being able to let people know, hey, listen, today I need to take a break. I will be back tomorrow. Today I'm, I need to take a sick day today. I will be back tomorrow. I need to take a mental health day, however it's framed for you. To let your clients know, I really want to show up 100% in our time today. I feel like uh, I really want to show up 100% in our time. I feel like today would be very hard for me to do that. That is what I feel like you deserve. Can we please reschedule? Would that be okay with you? There are a lot of ways that we can let people know that we have their best interest at heart and knowing that if we're not in that capacity, then it's better to maybe reschedule. I love that you mentioned the pillar or the starting point as being self-awareness because we can't do or act on things we're not aware of if we're not aware that we need something or that we won't be able to perform as well. Mm -hmm. We first need the knowledge and then we need the tact to communicate it. So I thought that was really interesting. And this list introspection permission communication and transparency it takes so much time and so much practice to go through it and feel comfortable with it so don't be hard on yourself that's number four (laughs) something we haven't touched on yet that i think is so relevant to this context is the modern context of a lot of the major ways that we communicate is with words with text with whatsapp with social media comments captions emails so with a lot of this written and often short communication how can we be mindful of our own habits what practical suggestions might you have i As an HSP, catch on to tones and general vibes all the time with written content, with, you know, exchanging messages with colleagues on Teams or with texting people. Sometimes sometimes words written don't align with the vibe or the dynamic that, that I caught on to. A very common example of that would be someone saying, everything is fine, don't worry. And you, as the receiver of that message, will feel quite the opposite. That happens so often, wouldn't you say, Anna? I agree. I think the example (laughs) of everything is fine 
I'm like, it's not fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not fine. Yeah, if you ever text me, it's fine, and that's the only thing in your message, I'm going to call you (laughs) You right away. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure anyone who listens to this has been in the situation where they've received that kind of text and been like, I'm pretty sure not everything is fine, but I don't know what to do or what to say, because if they say so, then I guess... So in terms of applicability, because that's our theme right now, applying a sensitive lens to all of this and being highly sensitive will help us here. I would say asking when something is unclear. I will never say this enough. Just ask. If you don't know something or you're unsure, just ask. And then I think about going through our lives as we're receiving and processing information. So sometimes you go through, you're going through an event in your life and you're not really sure how to proceed with your next steps. Well, sometimes there's no urgency and what you need to do is just get more information because with information, you can make informed decisions and then you adapt based on the information that you get. When it comes to the way that we communicate back, I would say similarly, check in with yourself. If you're truly upset about something, but you can't talk about it right now, give yourself a break, come back, ask for what you need, explain the process rather than the primary emotion. That's pretty important. It's instead of reacting on what we're feeling, we then, it's actually helpful to go a little bit into the cognitive and explain something like, I'm not really sure how I feel right now, but I do know that I need some time to figure it out and then I'll come back. It is hard to do this when you are upset or frustrated or angry or sad or scared. It is. But it does help to kind of diffuse the situation and break it down a little bit. It does help with effective communication and to build trustful relationship. Excellent. That was exactly the kind of advice I was hoping for when I asked that question. And it sounds like what you're saying. Yay. It sounds like (laughs) what you're saying is that when it comes to others to ask if we're not sure about the message. Right. Always. And then when it comes to ourselves, it's the self-awareness of knowing when we have the frame of mind where we feel like we can communicate clearly and be understood or when we might need some space to process and come back to a place Mm -hmm. we could speak authentically. Mm -hmm. What's one thing that you wish more people knew about sensitivity and communication? If we had to boil this down to one thing, one Mm. takeaway... I've heard that when we link sensitivity to communication, it kind of feels like we're walking on eggshells all the time. Or I've also heard it feels like if we need to be sensitive, then we can't say anything anymore. I have a lot of feelings about those two things. And actually what we mean really is it's about being mindful 
if you're mindful of the words that you use, if you're mindful about your intention, the tone, even the timing sometimes of how you choose and when you choose to engage with another person, HSP or not, then there is no need to fear discussing difficult topic. I would say it is a misconception. And also, we need more sensitive communication. It's not a bad thing to say we should be a little bit careful about the words that we use and how we use them. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. I think what I'm hearing you say is that it's not a burden to be considerate. Yes. I love that. And self-compassion is absolutely your best friend here because we will never have it perfect. So episode four, we are trying something new. We're playing a would you rather game. How it's going to work is we will take turns doing a would you rather scenario. So I'll start by reading a scenario and I'll ask Agathe the would you rather question. And I will take a guess to see how well I know. To see how well I know you. Yeah. I'll take a guess and then you'll give the right answer. And don't forget that you can join us by playing with us every other week by joining us on our Instagram at Sensitive Shift Pod. The first would you rather. Haha. <laughs> I get. Would you rather have to write everything you say out by hand? Or only be able to speak in rhymes and riddles. What do you think? I think that you would write everything by hand because you value effective communication. <laughs> well, it's it's true. I would pick, I would write everything I have to say out by hand because I don't want to feel limited mostly. I do think that... Uh, poetry and rhymes and and all, like everything that is more artistic is also very effective but I just am not always the most eloquent person so I feel like I need to be able to just write anything I want on paper and I love writing so that that works out for me as well Anna yes. would you rather be able to speak any language you wanted or play any instrument you wanted. I think you would pick that you would rather speak any language that you wanted. <laughs> is that correct? That is correct. Ooh, that is correct. I'm so good at this. <laughs> I have actually been learning. I've been learning a couple of new languages. I'm really excited by languages. And I love this idea. I guess. Would you rather... Yes. Go a full day with no phone or a full day with no people? Hmm. I'll let you guess. <laughs> I think a full day with no phone. Oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> so good. You're so good at this. Well, we're both so good at this. Yes. Yes, absolutely. If a day with no phone, I actually try to put this in place already mm -hmm. um well full day is hard or we've become very tied to our phones but definitely no phone 
Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I don't think it would even be that hard at all. Yeah. So far, we're three for three. Yes. Okay, Anna. Yes. Would you rather be forced to dance every time you heard music or be forced to sing along to any song you heard? Um, knowing you, I think you would rather be forced to dance every time you heard music. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's actually harder to not dance when you hear music. Yes. Yeah. I, that's funny. I'll choose something different for the HSP Minute because I was going to talk about dancing. But I've been dancing (laughs) a lot this week and trying some new dancing styles. And I love dance. I've loved dance ever since I was really, really little. And I think to be fair, I don't love when people look at me dancing. That's different. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's very HSP, though. It's performance-based, yeah. This is an easy one. For sure, for sure, dance. Yeah. I love to dance. I would also pick that one. Mm-hmm. Our last would you rather, if you had to be on a television show and you got to pick between either a survivor show or a dating show (laughs) would you rather survivor or dating i think survivor (laughs) (laughs) absolutely the survivor show there is no question here at all either Mm. um i will watch the dating shows there is no way you'll catch me go on one I really value authenticity and communication and communication (laughs) and transparency. And when I watch the dating shows, I'm like, hmm, for an HSP, I would really think that dating shows would be uh, absolutely not the vibe, (laughs) would not be the place to be. So, yeah, no. And that's, yeah, no, no, Mm -hmm. no dating. You might die on the survivor one, but. (laughs) You know, I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that over to dating show. Yeah, we won't find you auditioning for either of those anytime soon. (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean, you know, imagine in the survivor show. They would make me drive somewhere. I would just be like, absolutely not. (laughs) Driving and Survivor Show? Mm. Oh, boy. Anna, how did you, or how will you, nurture your sensitive self this week? I've been thinking about what we talked about in episode two, the episode on childhood Mm -hmm. and HSCs. And one of the things we talked about in that episode was about being able to do things that were new, things that were scary, and how I will nurture myself this week or how I have been last week as well is actually by giving myself opportunities to go out of my comfort zone and to do some scary things. Yes. And what I'm thinking of in particular is planning a very big trip (gasps) that 
is probably going to be six weeks across the world yeah. by myself. Hell yeah, girl. <laughs> and I was thinking about our last um, episode too, that, that episode about how we said that we can do all of these things that we don't need to be limited. We can do all of them. We just do them with more care. So I'm yeah. doing that this week. I am planning and researching, r- trying to reach out to connections so that I'll be okay when I get there. All of these things to allow myself to still do something for me of traveling alone for that amount of time that far away is new and definitely outside of my comfort zone and I'm doing it anyway and that can be a way to care for HSP self as well yeah without feeling limited or any of those things you're another person and you're doing these things that's awesome Anna congratulations (laughs) thank you good for you what about you I guess well, as we're recording this, we're, um, we released our first episode a couple of weeks ago, and I think you and I can relate to this. There's been quite a bit of anxiety. It's it's a vulnerable thing that we're doing. We're putting ourselves out there. There's a lot of work that's going into this. And so I would say that my emotional reactivity my senses have been very heightened in the past couple weeks it's it's been a bit challenging so I've reconnected a lot with my yoga practice to ground myself especially in the evening and a few years ago my best friend got me a weighted blanket and now I sleep with my weighted blanket and it's it's made a big difference in my sleep I just felt like I needed something to ground me because my sleep was very agitated and so that's been very helpful for taking care of the parts of my sensitivity that are a bit more around my nervous system being like out of whack these past few these past few weeks so I will continue those practices in the next couple of weeks and um, take the time. And I think we do that with each other. We celebrated the first episode being released, which was great. And continue to, to find little moments like this with ourselves, with each other, to celebrate the fact that we're doing something hard even by just being present here. That brings us to the end of episode four on language and communication and sensitivity. We'd love to hear your thoughts and we hope that you play along in our Would You Rather so we can find out more about you. Just a little disclaimer here that we are discussing content that are related to personal wellness, but does not constitute as advice We acknowledge that each experience is different and that if you're looking for specific support, then you may consider one-on-one professional help individualized to you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Anna. 
and in the spirit of modeling the care that we need to take for both our sensitive self and our busy lives, we will be taking a little March break in the next few weeks. So we won't be posting an episode in two weeks, but rather in a few weeks after that. So make sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Sensitive Shift Pod to stay updated and engage with us to give us feedback as we continue the season with you. Our next episode will be on high sensitivity and mental health. A rich conversation again. We look forward to seeing you there. Bye. Bye. Bye.